Yeah, come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's good to be in Bethany, at Bethany in Billings, Montana. Come on, somebody. Billings, Montana in the house. Amen. Well, I'll tell you, I flew all the way from Orlando yesterday, and uh, it's a lot nicer there. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. But hey, I love it here. No, I'll tell you, I love the mountains. I, I really do love and enjoy the mountains. We don't have anything to see in Orlando, just beaches. Amen. Um, and you got to drive a ways to get to go see those. But I love coming here, and uh, it's a joy and an honor to be with you guys uh, here in Billings. And I'll tell you, Pastor Jordan, Pastor Elizabeth, I really love and appreciate you guys both very much. We honor you. We praise God for what you guys are doing here. Yeah, come on, let's, let's put our hands together for them. Love your heart and your vision for this city, for souls, and for missions around the world. We appreciate both of you very much. Amen. Amen. So it's great to be here. Uh, my wife Amanda is watching by way of video at home. So sweetie, I love you so much. And uh, she couldn't make the trip with me this week. But uh, we've just been going, going, going every weekend. It seems like we're on the road preaching around the, around the country and around the world. And so, um, and so it's, uh, it, it's great to be here in Billings this weekend to be with all of you. And uh, so turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor... You better be here tonight. <laughs> Amen. Turn to your other neighbor, say neighbor. I only heard a couple people now say neighbor. Try, turn to your other neighbor and say neighbor. Put your Pentecostal finger in their chest. <laughs> neighbor, you better, I'm going to be here tonight. You tell them, I'm going to be here tonight. <laughs> Amen. Now, somebody say tonight. Tonight's going to be an amazing, amazing night, and uh, we'll be back here at 6 o'clock tonight. I'll be ministering again, and uh, we're really going to activate you in how to share your faith with people, and we're going to have a time of really impartation and laying hands on every one of you and, and just believing that the Holy Spirit is going to use you in your sphere of influence, influence to bring gospel impact to Billings in Jesus' name. Amen? And so I want to encourage you to be here tonight so we can pray for you, and, uh, and I believe you'll be very blessed by the teaching as well. But uh, it's great to be here today, to be with all of you. And um, as you saw in the, in the video, those were some crusade, some crusade footage from our crusades that we did as well. And uh, as you saw, we've now seen just over 2 million people over the course of the last nine years receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior all around the world in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, and so I'm just excited for what God is doing. That is our, our heart. You know, a, a lot of times, I think in today's culture, we've kind of forgotten the role of the evangelist in the church it, by and large, in, in, in the world today. And uh, my calling is not to that of the office of the pastorate like Pastor Jordan. I think if I was your pastor, you'd all drive me nuts. Amen. And I'd probably drive all you nuts too. Amen. But my passion 
is to bring the gospel. My gifting is to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so for the last nine years, my wife and I have traveled the world preaching the gospel, doing these crusades all over the world. We started in India and Sri Lanka, and now for the last seven years, we've been focused exclusively on the nation of Pakistan. And, uh, and what we have seen is, I mean, you're seeing it in those videos. Those were all shots from Pakistan. I've been there 24 times now to the nation of Pakistan, and we are seeing God just sweep across that nation with, uh, with salvation and miracles. How many of you believe our God is still a miracle worker? Amen. Our God still saves. Amen. You know, I'll tell you, the greatest miracle of all is salvation. Amen. Salvation is nothing short of a miracle. Amen. When somebody gets saved, they literally go from darkness to light, from sin to salvation, from bondage to freedom. Uh, one time I, I remember thinking about salvation, and you know, the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices over one sinner who comes under repentance. One sinner. And I, th- I began to think about it. Like sometimes when people get saved in America, we're like the golfer clap, you know? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, they got saved. But when we see a miracle, somebody gets up out of a wheelchair, all of a sudden the church goes nuts and everyone's running around, jumping, cheering, excited. That's what heaven does when a sinner gets saved. Amen. And I thought about it and I thought, what is heaven's perspective when somebody gets saved? What is heaven? What do they see that causes them to run around and go nuts the same way we would go nuts if, you know, somebody, you know, had a broken leg and all of a sudden they got up and started walking around or a paralyzed person starts, comes out of a wheelchair. What is heaven's perspective? And I, and I think the Lord showed me what heaven's perspective is like. I, I was thinking about it and I thought, maybe... Maybe heaven gets excited because they see that name getting written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you know? And I thought maybe they get excited because they know that person's going from darkness to light, uh, you know, from sin to salvation. And, and you know, what is it that, that heaven sees? And I think heaven sees that, that black, sinful soul of that person being regenerated and being born again. And it's like a child. When a child comes into the kingdom, there's so much joy. When, when, a, when a child is birthed, there's joy. There's excitement. And I think when heaven sees somebody get saved, they get excited because it's a brand new baby in God's kingdom in Jesus' name. That person is born again. Hallelujah. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. Praise God. And so it is my joy to bring people into the kingdom of heaven and to travel the world and preach the gospel. And I'll tell you, Pastor Jordan and, and Joel got to come with in March, and it was awesome. We had a great time. I think, um, I think it should have been illegal how much fun we had on that trip. It probably should have been a little bit illegal. We had a lot of fun laughing and joking and, and just experiencing what God was doing. And Pastor Jordan ministered at the pastor's conference, which was amazing as well. And we just had a great time. I think we had like 11 or 1,200 pastors and leaders in attendance from all over. So it was, it was awesome. 
And uh, we head back. We'll be back again in February for our next crusade, um, my wife and I. And she'll be praying for us. We've got a product table on your way out uh, through the middle doors to the left on your way out. Make sure you visit that product table. Um, all the proceeds, somebody say 100%. 100% of the proceeds from that product table just go into our evangelistic ministry. So I don't get anything from, you know, you buying something there. It goes all into helping us reach people for Jesus. Somebody say that's a good thing. Amen. So make sure you visit the product table back there. We've got a newsletter sign up as well if, you want, if you're interested in following our ministry, knowing what we're up to and what we're doing. That's the best way to get all the updates from us. And you can also uh, just follow me as well on Facebook, Instagram. Just search Evangelist Chris Michelson, and uh, it'll pop up there on Facebook and Instagram. But uh, we really appreciate it. We do have a bunch of product back there for sale. And uh, on average, over the last uh, nine years of doing crusade ministry, it costs us on average about a dollar per crusade uh, to get somebody saved. It costs us about one dollar. That was a good spot to say amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You can't buy a cheeseburger anymore for a dollar, but we can get them saved for a dollar in Pakistan. Amen. And, uh, and so literally every dollar you spend at the product table back there will go toward helping us to save a soul. Amen. And, uh, and by the way, I want to say personally thank you, Bethany Church, for sowing into Pakistan. And uh, you guys made a, a significant donation uh, to help us do some of these crusades, this last, that crusade in March that we did. And so I want to say thank you guys for sowing into seeing souls saved. It was a good investment. Amen. Amen. You can't, I, I can't think of a better return on investment than sowing into seeing souls saved. Amen. Praise the Lord. So anyway, we've got a bunch of product back there. You know, during COVID, everyone wanted to talk about what was essential. How many of you remember that? Amen. Maybe trying to, not to remember it. I don't know. Maybe. But uh, we decided to make a shirt that says what's most essential. Jesus is essential. Amen. You want to go to heaven, Jesus is essential. So we've got the Jesus is essential shirt back there for sale. We've got a bunch of other Jesus shirts back there for sale. They're $25 a piece. Who would like a shirt this morning? All right. Praise the Lord. Lots of hands. You can get them at the product table. $25 a piece. That was a lot of hands, so I expect you all to be there. That joke, it never gets old. It works every time I do it. This is the third time I've been here. It worked every single time. It's awesome. It's awesome. Who would like one for free? Hey, right here on the front row, give him a God bless you. You can exchange it for the right size. I don't know what, what size it is, but uh, amen. My wife just wrote her first book last year called Unto Christ I Cling. Uh, which we have available back there as well. I want, want to encourage you to pick that up. It's an amazing book all about uh, growing in your walk with Jesus. If you want to grow in your walk with, with the Lord, make sure you pick this up. It is packed full every page of just incredible insights on how to go deeper in your walk with God. That's a good thing. Amen. We should all want to go deeper in our walk with Jesus. So make sure you go back there, pick that up. And the thing that I love about it is, you know, I, I don't love to read two books that are too thick. Amen. Praise the Lord. And this is, this is one that's not very thick, but it is packed full of incredible revelation. So I want to encourage you to pick that up. Who would like a book this morning? 
All right, right over here. Let's see. Give this lady a God bless you. You're welcome. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Well, this morning, the title of my message is called The Heartbeat of God. The Heartbeat of God. And uh, I'm not going to preach for a long time this morning. Somebody said amen. But I want to I talk to you this morning about the heartbeat of God. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24. How many of you believe we are living in the last days? Amen. I'm going to read kind of a lengthy passage of Scripture. I hope it's okay to read long Scriptures in church. Amen. But I really believe that we are living in the last days, and, um, and, and I believe that the return of Jesus is very near. It's very near. And so um, I want to talk to you. I'm going to read this passage. We're not going to talk about all of it, but you'll see why we're going to read all of it here in a minute. So Matthew chapter 24, let's just start in verse number 1, and I'm going to read all the way to 14. The Bible says, Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all of these things? Assuredly, I say to you that not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Verse 3. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come to me, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all of these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Say, it's not yet. Verse 7, that for nation will rise against nation. And kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. These are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up for tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be, off- many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, shall be saved. Amen. Verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you, Jesus, that you are about to return. We thank you, Lord, that the end is near, that the return of your Son is at hand. And, Father, we pray that in the mighty name of Jesus, you would use us to establish your kingdom and to do the work you've called us to do until you return. I pray you bless our time together this morning. Bless your word. and. Bring us nearer and closer to you 
that we may burn for you the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Praise God. Praise God. How many of you, when you were reading this, you just even began to, to think about what's happening in the news, and you began to think about what's happening in Israel, and the wars, and rumors of wars, and, you know, and, and famines, and persecution, and all of these things are taking place right now. Everything Jesus prophesied right there in Matthew 24 is taking place currently in our world. Even persecution, you look at persecution, persecution against Christians is rampant right now around the world, and I'll tell you, it's coming to America. You know, a lot of times people in America, they think they're being persecuted when somebody, you know, uh, unfollows them on Facebook, you know. Let me tell you, that is not persecution, amen. In Pakistan, there's real persecution. Just last year, there were 20 Four churches burnt to the ground in, in, in a region of Pakistan where I actually did a crusade a couple years prior. 24 churches. The majority of those churches participated in my crusade. They were burnt down by radical terrorists in the nation of Pakistan. How many of you realize Pakistan is not, you know, going to the Bahamas? Amen. It's a difficult place. The Taliban are there. ISIS is there. It is a very challenging place to preach the gospel, but God is on the move in Pakistan. And somebody said, why would you go to Pakistan? Well, because God told me to go to Pakistan, number one. But also because those people need Jesus. Amen. Jesus didn't just die for Christians. Amen. In fact, he didn't, he didn't die for Christians at all. He died to make people Christians. Amen. Amen. He died so that they could get saved and somebody needs to bring the gospel to those people. And so there's persecution running rampant. There's wars. There's rumors of wars running rampant. There, there, all of these things are beginning to take place. And the Bible tells us here that there is one thing that, that, that matters most to God than any other thing. Verse 14. I want to focus on this verse today. Matthew 4, 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. And then the end will come. You know, years ago, I was thinking about the return of Jesus, and when is Jesus going to return? How many of you remember the, all of the Y2K stuff back in the turn of the century, and everyone thought that that was going to be the end of the world, and Jesus was going to come back on, you know, December 31st, 20, 2019, or uh, 1999, the turn of the century, and everyone thought that was going to be, that was it. And there was people even prophesying, I mean prophesying, that that, that, that was going to be the day. And, you know, the Lord spoke to me one day, and he actually told me exactly when he's going to come back. Now, don't run me out of town just yet. The Lord spoke to me, he told me exactly when he's going to, come back. Actually, he didn't speak it to me. I read his word. His word says when this gospel of the kingdom is preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, then the end will come. Amen. 
Amen. That is why we go to places like Pakistan. That is why this church has a passion for sowing into the gospel in other parts of the world. People, I hear people say all the time, well, America needs the gospel. Jesus said when this gospel is preached everywhere, then he's going to return. Why? Because he wants everyone to get an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me try the congregation on this side. His passion, the heartbeat of God. If you could get your ear so close to the chest of God, you'd hear his heartbeat say, people, people, people. God's heart burns for people. Amen. That's what it's all about. That's why Bethany Church exists. It's for people. It's to reach the people of Billings. It's to reach the people of Montana. That's why we go to these crazy places in Pakistan where we could die preaching the gospel. It's because Jesus, he didn't die for a building. He didn't die for a piece of land. He didn't die even for Israel. He died for people. Hallelujah. He died for people. He died for the people of Israel. He died for the people of the world. And that's what it's all about. Our lives must be lives that are sold out 100% for Jesus and to bring as many people as we can with us to heven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've never seen, I've never seen a hearse pull in a Brinks truck. Amen. You can't bring your money with you, but with you. It's all about people. Jesus died for people. Somebody say amen. The Lord's heart, it burns for people. I believe that we are in a revival in our church today, in the world of the church. Not in a revival like Brownsville or Toronto or a particular revival, but I believe God is reviving his church back to the original conception, back to the way the church was in the beginning. When we read the book of Acts, we see the heart of God being played out in the book of Acts. You see the, the movement of the Holy Spirit, and you see that it was all happening to reach people for Jesus. That is what it was all about. All the miracles that we read about in the book of Acts, even there on, on uh, uh, the day uh, right after Pentecost in, in Acts chapter 3, right? Peter and John are walking into the temple, and as they're walking into the temple, there's a lame man who has never walked before. He'd been lame from his mother's womb. He'd never walked before, and he's begging for money. And Peter, he, he you know, being a good Pentecostal, I'm sure he reached into his pocket to give him some money, but he realized he was broke, praise the Lord. Now, he didn't have any money there that day, and, and, and the man is begging for money, and he says to the man, he says, look at me. And the, the lame man looks at Peter. 
Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but I've got something different that I want to give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he grabs the man by the hand, picks him up, and the man starts running around the temple, completely healed. A crowd begins to gather because of this miracle, and as a result, 2,000 people got saved that day because of that miracle. Why do the miracles happen? It's all to reach people. Amen. It's all about people. God's heart beats for people. You know, Jordan and Joel were with in March, and uh, in September, we did four crusades in Pakistan last year. March was the first one you guys were with on the first one. We went again in May. And then in September, we were there, September and November. And uh, in September, we decided to go to a city that I had been very longing to go to. We went to the city of Peshawar. Now, Peshawar is not an easy city to go to. Peshawar is located, it's on the Pakistan side of the border. Widely known. It's a border town. It was known, widely known, as the headquarters for Al-Qaeda before 9-11. When 9-11 happened, Al-Qaeda moved, the Taliban moved into um, Afghanistan. Bin Laden went on the run and was hiding out just north of Islamabad, Pakistan, the capital of Pakistan. He was hiding in a small town just a few miles north of the capital in a compound where our U.S. Navy SEALs took him out several years later. My heart had burned to go to Peshawar for a long time, knowing how difficult it was. Now, Peshawar is not a city. Peshawar is a city, even pastors in Pakistan, they don't go to Peshawar to preach. I mean, it is a difficult, difficult place. Even though the Al-Qaeda is now, you know, Taliban are now running Afghanistan, it's still a border town. It's still a town where a lot of people gather and hang out. And so my heart had been burning to go to Peshawar, but uh, my team would not allow me to do a crusade in Peshawar for many years. They said, brother, it's too dangerous. It's too dangerous. Nobody goes there. It's too dangerous. You know, I'm six foot two, blonde hair, blue eyed, white guy. In Pakistan, where the average, age, or average height is like, you know, four foot nine or something. You know, I stick out like a sore thumb in Pakistan. And so it was very dangerous for us to go there. But finally, uh, the beginning of last year, my team and I, we finally decided we are going to go to Peshawar. We're going to bring the gospel to those people. There's people in Peshawar that need Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so we decided to go to Peshawar. And, um, and so the day came, and we, I flew to Peshawar in September. I flew to, we stayed in uh, Karachi, or no, I'm sorry, Islamabad, the capital, which is just a few hours from Peshawar. I flew into Islamabad. My team picks me up in, in Islamabad at the airport, and we're driving to our hotel, and there's a mountain range right next to, I mean, just a, a couple miles away from the road that we're on. And I'm talking to my team, and I said, hey, isn't, wasn't Islam, uh, Islamabad, that's really close to where bin Laden's compound was. I'd never been to Islamabad before. Never been to Peshawar, never been to Islamabad. They said, yes, the compound was very near here. 
I said, how far away? They said, you see that mountain range? I said, yes. They said, just on the other side. I said, can we go there? They said, no. I said, why not? They said, it's too dangerous. They said, besides, they leveled the whole compound. It doesn't even exist. It's just an empty field. I said, that'd be a great field for a crusade. They said, no. It's too dangerous. They monitor that area. We can't go there. It would be very, very dangerous for you to go there. But it was just a few miles from my hotel room. Well, we stayed there in Islamabad. We did a big pastors and leaders conference in Islamabad. And then we drove on Friday to Peshawar to do the crusade. And I'll tell you, I've been all over Pakistan, but I've never been to a place where when I drove into the city, I was like, wow, this place. You could see the way people were dressed. They weren't dressed, you know, most of Pakistanis, they dress more secular Pakistani. They have a secular outfit. This place, you could tell everyone was very religious, incredibly religious. You know, you saw, we saw Taliban everywhere. Everywhere we went, we saw them. And so we drive into Peshawar and, uh, and we get there and uh, we, we end up meeting some pastors and leaders. And then the time came for us to go to the crusade in Peshawar. Now, it wasn't the biggest crusade we've ever done. It was actually one of the smallest crusades. But I'll tell you, this crusade was one of the most impactful crusades maybe we've ever done in the nation of Pakistan. When I got up onto the stage that night and I walked out onto the platform, the field we had rented was flooded with people. And that night when I got done preaching the gospel, more than 24,000 people received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior in Peshawar, Pakistan, in Jesus' name. The field actually wasn't big enough. The the well, they, we could have squeezed more people in, but the police wouldn't let more people come in because there was such a big crowd. They'd never seen a crowd like this gather a, uh, for a Christian gathering in Peshawar, in the history of Peshawar. You can see I dressed in some of the traditional clothing there, but uh, God moved in Peshawar, that, that crusade. Well, the story didn't end there. I get back from Peshawar, and uh, had this amazing crusade, fly home, I get back into Orlando, and about a week later, um, my wife was selling some furniture online, some old furniture that she didn't want anymore. And all of a sudden, we get a call, and this guy wants to come and buy this, this furniture. And so he comes to our house a week after being in Peshawar, a week after being very close to Bin Laden's compound. This guy calls and says, I want to come buy this furniture. So he comes to our house, walks in, and I'm helping him carry the furniture out to his vehicle. And we start talking, and he says to me, he says, yeah, my wife told me, we've got to buy, i got to buy this furniture before I go on my deployment tomorrow. And I said, oh, you're in the military. Hell yeah. There's some of the security. Um. Praise God. He goes, yeah. I, I said, oh, you're in the military. He says, I'm actually a retired Navy SEAL. He said, now I'm a contractor for the government world. And, and so this is what this guy does. I'm like, wow, this guy's like 
like I'm talking to James Bourne, uh, Jason Bourne or something, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and so we're talking, and I'm like, wow, that's awesome. I was like, have you ever been to Pakistan? He goes, yeah, I've been to Pakistan. I said, I was just in Peshawar, Pakistan. He goes, I know. I'm like, you know. You know, he must have done a little research before he came to buy the furniture. I'm like, you know. He goes, yeah, I know. He's like, I was stationed in Peshawar with the Navy SEALs, SEAL Team 6. I said, wait a minute. I thought it was just Navy SEAL. I didn't know we were talking. To, I was talking to a guy from SEAL Team 6. If you don't know, SEAL Team 6 is like the most elite branch of the military. It's like the Green Beret, you know? I mean, these guys are like the most stealthily trained people on the planet, you know? And so here I am. I'm talking to a SEAL Team 6 member. I can't even say his name. You know, I know his name, but I can't say it. And, uh, and so I'm like, now, wait a minute. You were in Peshawar? He's like, yeah, I was stationed in Peshawar after 9-11 for a couple of years. Like, oh my goodness, that's crazy. I said, I said, we, I was just there and we were staying in Islamabad and we were super close to, to the compound, to bin Laden's compound. And then it dawned on me, SEAL Team 6 was the team that went in and killed Osama bin Laden. And I'm putting it all together and I'm like, were you there? He goes, I was there. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, this is crazy. I was just there a week ago. What are the odds that this guy is not? I was just there, and a week later, this guy is in my house, and we're having this conversation. How, how, how many of you know when you follow Jesus, he will put you in places, and he will make sure that you're in a position where he can use you for his kingdom and his glory? Amen. I don't believe in coincidences, not at all. God is not a God of coincidences. He is divinely orchestrating and putting you in a place where you can be of impact for him and his kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. That person you work with that's broken and hurting, it's not a coincidence that they opened up to you and started talking to you about their issues at home. It's not a coincidence that when you're in the grocery store and you turn around the, the corner and there's somebody with a broken leg and all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, I've got the power of God living on the inside of me that can heal that broken leg and it's not a coincidence that I just ran into him. Maybe I'm supposed to pray for him in Jesus' name. Amen. So all of a sudden I'm talking to this guy and I'm like, wait a minute, what in the world? Yeah, this is crazy. He starts telling me stuff. Stuff that I can't even repeat. He's like, I probably shouldn't be telling you this right now. I'm like, oh my goodness. Then all of a sudden, he starts telling me about his struggles. PTSD. Seeing his friends die. For many years, he was the guy that had to go talk to the wives after their husbands died. He told me, he said, I've been slapped. I've been spit in the face. I've been told it's your fault he's gone. I, he, he just kept going on and on and on. It was broken. His heart was broken. He started telling me about symptoms and these things. How many of you know? It wasn't a coincidence. He started talking to me about these things. I said to him, I said, and then when I, what do you know about Jesus? 
he said, well, you know, I used to be Catholic, and then when I went into the military and I saw all this stuff, bad stuff happened, I turned my back on Catholicism, and I actually became a Muslim for a while. And then the further I started studying Islam, the real, then I began to realize, wait a minute, these are the very people I'm fighting against. So that doesn't work. So he dropped Islam, and he's had nothing for years. Now he's on my front porch. It wasn't a coincidence. I said to him, brother, God loves you so much. And this is not a coincidence. You're here with me today. It's not a coincidence all of you are sitting in this room today either, by the way. Amen. I said to him, I said, brother, God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die just for you, brother. And if you'll just turn to Jesus, if you'll just turn to him and say, Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. I commit my life to you. I, I surrender my life to you today, Jesus. If you'll just do that, brother, today he'll save you. He'll forgive you. And the Bible says he'll wash away all your sins as far as the east is from the west. He'll never see your sins again anymore in the name of Jesus. I said, what do you think about that, bro? Do you want that? Do you want Jesus? He says to me, who wouldn't? <laughs> I said, well, come on, bro. Let's get it on. Let's pray right here. Amen. I grabbed his hand. We started praying. And that day, that U.S. Navy SEAL, SEAL Team 6 member, received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. He went from darkness to light, from, the, from sin to salvation, from bondage and to freedom. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is what it's all about. Our lives are lives that are, that are created to bring glory to God and to bring people to Jesus. And I want to, if you don't get anything else from today, I want to tell you, make your life about telling people about Jesus. It's what he died for. He gave up everything. People say, Chris, why would you go to Pakistan? You could die. Jesus died for me, my friends. Why would I not spend my life doing whatever I could to tell people about my Savior that gave it all for me? Amen. I'm not asking any of you to go with to Pakistan. Amen. Jordan said amen after being there one time. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I'm asking you, would you spend your life just telling people about Jesus? If nothing, just invite them to church. There's people you know that I will never reach. There's people that you know that, that may never even grace the, the front doors of this church. But God has put his spirit on the inside of you. He's put love and compassion on the inside of you. And he's put you in relationship with them. And you can just tell them about Jesus, that he loves them, that he died for them. And if they'll ask Jesus to save them, they'll get saved in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It's that simple. Amen. Now, I said it before. It's not a coincidence you're here this morning. It's not a coincidence I'm here this morning either. I believe God wants to put his finger on the heart 
of some individuals here this morning. God loves you, my friends. He doesn't condemn you. He loves you. He doesn't condemn you. He saved you. He's paid the price to save you. Now it's up to you to reach out and say, Jesus, that's me. I need saving also. I don't think I shared this story last time I was here. If I did, I'm going to share it again. So, There was a man, an old preacher, who got up to preach one Sunday. He got up to preach. I'm just going to share this story and then we'll be done. He got up to preach that Sunday morning and he shared the story that I'm about to tell you right now. After he shared the story, he sat down and the service abruptly ended. This is what the old preacher said that morning. He said, there once was a a man who loved to go sailing in the ocean. And every weekend, he and his son would go out and sail the blue seas of the Atlantic. One particular day, the son asked his father, he said, Dad, could we invite my friend Johnny to go with us sailing this weekend? You know, he's never been sailing, and I would just love my best friend to come with to go sailing. Father said, oh, sure, son, we'll ask his parents and get permission. So sure enough, sailing, they they got so far away from the land that they couldn't see it anymore. They had dolphins swimming next to their boat, and they just had the most beautiful time. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the afternoon, out of nowhere, a massive storm came rumbling across the ocean. The father put the sails up and tried going as fast as he could back to land, but he couldn't outrun the storm. The storm caught up with the boat and began tossing the boat left and right in the ocean. A big wave came and flipped the boat completely over. The father, his son, and little Johnny all flew out into the ocean. The father was strong enough to swim back to the boat, which had now turned back up, back on the right side. He got into the boat, and he looked out to see his son several yards away over here. And then he also saw little Johnny several yards away over there. He went and he grabbed the only lifeline that he had on the boat. And he thought to himself in that moment, several thoughts went through his mind in a split second. First thought was, who do I throw the lifeline to first? My own son or little Johnny? He thought, I love my son very much, so I want to save my son. And then he had another thought. Wait a minute, my son is a committed Christian. He loves Jesus. He's been serving the Lord his whole life. Little Johnny's not from a Christian family. He's never given his life to Jesus. And if I save my own son, little Johnny might drown and die and immediately go to hell. That moment, he made the most difficult decision of his life. He said, he yelled out, he said, son, I love you. He threw the lifeline to Johnny pulled Johnny to the boat to safety. When Johnny got up on the boat, he grabbed the lifeline to throw it to his son, but his son was gone, never to be seen again. He drowned that day. The pastor got done sharing the story and went and sat down, and the service abruptly ended, and you could tell that the pastor was kind of choked up and disturbed by 
the story, or I don't know, just choked up. The service ends. A couple of teenager kids came up to the pastor afterward. They said, Pastor, that was a very powerful story, but I mean, you know, it doesn't seem very realistic. What father would sacrifice their own son to save some kid that they don't even know? And the pastor said, no, I realize it doesn't seem very realistic, but it sure reminds me of what Jesus did for each and every one of us, what God did to sacrifice his own son to save all of us sinners. And they said, well, yeah, sure, that, that does make sense, but it, doesn't, it still just doesn't seem very realistic. The pastor said, well, you know, friends, it's actually very real to me because my name is Pastor John. I was little Johnny in that ocean that got saved that day. That father saved my life. I gave my life to Jesus, and I've been serving him the rest of my life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. My friends, today, if you're not saved, if you're not right with God, you're the same position, little Johnny. You're drowning in a sea of sin, and Jesus is saying today, my friends, just reach out to me. I'm the lifeline. Sin. I rose from the dead for you. I paid the ultimate price. Your sin I took on my body, and I paid for it on that tree so that you could be set free from your sins. And if you'll turn to me today, Jesus would say, I'll save you. I'll forgive you. Today, maybe, my friends, you, maybe you're far from God. You don't know him. You've never given your life to Jesus. But, my friends, today Jesus says, just lift up a hand. Just reach out to me. Just say, I need saving. I need forgiveness. I need to get saved. I need to get right with God. And if you do that today, my friends, he will save you. I don't care how rotten your life has been. I don't care how, how far from God you are. I don't care how much sin you have in your life. Six, six, 17 years ago, I got radically saved saved out of drug addiction. I was a dealer. I was living a life crazy, on fire for the things of the devil. And Jesus saved me, and he gave me a new life, and now I've been on fire for the things of Jesus every day of my life ever since. Hallelujah. God doesn't, he's not intimidated by your sin. He's not intimidated by your past. He said, I will take your sin, and I will bury it, and never see it again in Jesus' name. Just reach out to me, he would say today. Hallelujah. So I want to give you guys an opportunity today. We've come to the holy moment of the meeting. So I'd like no one to move around or talk. This is a very holy moment. But I would ask, please stand, everyone. Just quietly, please stand. No moving around or talking. We're almost done. I wouldn't be an evangelist if I didn't give you the opportunity to get right with Jesus today. Maybe you say, Chris, I prayed that prayer a long time ago. I asked Jesus to save me a long time ago. But you know in your heart you're away from God. You've not really been serving Jesus. You, you find yourself backslidden away from the Lord. And God would say to you today, my friend, I love you. Why don't you slide back to me? Why don't you turn from your sin and come back to me? 
So maybe today there's somebody here you've never given your life to Jesus, but today, my friend, just say yes to Jesus. Ask him to save you and forgive you, and he'll do it today. If you're backslidden, you're away from God, you know all about Jesus, but you find yourself away from the Lord, you're not fully committed, commit today. Recommit your life to him today. Let him save. The, uh, you know, maybe you're already saved, but you've, you've gone astray. You know, I grew up in the church. I knew all about Jesus, but I was very far from God. Drugs, you know, that. There came a moment where I had to say, God, I'm done. I'm all in for you. I want to serve you the rest of my life. Hallelujah. Let that be your moment right here today. Maybe there's a third person here. You just don't know if you died today, if you'd go to heaven. Well, come on, friend. Let's make sure today. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'd like to pray for you. Father, I thank you for everyone here. I thank you for each and every person in this room today, even for all of those watching at home. Father, I thank you for them. I pray, God, today that no one would leave this place still in a life of sin. But today that everyone here would turn to you if they need to today, surrender their life to you, and receive your salvation. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you today, you fall into one of those three categories. You've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you want to today. In just a moment, not now, but in just a moment, I'm going to count to three. And if that's you and you say, Chris, I want to get saved today. I want Jesus to forgive me of my sins. When I count to three, in just a moment, if that's you, when I count to three, I want you to lift your hand to heaven. Maybe there's a second person here today. You say, Chris, that's, I, I, I'm not, I, I prayed that prayer a long time ago, but I'm not living for the Lord currently. I, I need to surrender my life. I need to recommit my life to Jesus. And, and, and I want to get my life right with God today. If that's you, when I count to three in just a moment, I want you also to raise your hand so that I can pray for you. And if you fall into that third category, you just don't know if you died today, if you'd go to heaven, but you want to. You want to make sure you're right with God. When I pr count to three, if that's you, I want you also to raise your hand to heaven. So if you fall into any one of those three categories and you want Jesus to forgive you and wash away all your sins today, on the count of three, raise your hand to heaven. One, two, three, if that's you. Come on. Hands going up all over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyone else, just lift that hand up. Just say, yep, Chris, that's me. That's me. I need you to pray for me. I see that hand. Anyone else, you're like, yep, that's me, Chris. I haven't raised my hand yet, but I know God's dealing with me. He's dealing with my heart right now. You know it. You know he's dealing with your heart. Yep, that's you. I see that hand. Anyone else, you're like, yep, he's dealing with me. That's me. I need to surrender all today. Hallelujah. Just lift that hand right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Look, so there's hands up all over. I want to do this. I want to pray for all of you, but I really believe that it's important to make a public declaration that you are turning your life over to Jesus. And so what I want to do is I'm going to count to three one more time. But this time when I count to three, I want everyone who lifted their hand to come forward. Together for those that are ready for you. One, two, three. Come on down. Everyone who lifted your hand. Come on, let's put our hands together for those that are coming forward. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. This is awesome. 
This is awesome. This is awesome. Come on. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. Hey, God bless you. Anyone else, you know you're supposed to be up here. You know God's dealing with you. Come on. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else, you know that's me. I need to, I need to be up there. I need to be up there. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you guys. Bless you. Anyone else? You need to be up here. Come on, just get out of the seat and come on down. We're, I'm not shy. Hallelujah. We're going to do this. The Bible says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that He has risen from the dead, we will be saved. That's not a might be saved. The Bible says we will. That's a promise from God. Hallelujah. That is a promise from God. Today, if you'll confess that you believe Jesus is Lord, you're committing your life to Him, and you believe He died for your sins and He rose from the dead, that God says you will be saved today. He won't see your sin anymore. He'll wash it away as far as the east is from the west. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer of confessing of confessing that right there, okay? It's a simple prayer. It's not found in the Bible. In fact, I'm just going to make it up as we go. Because that's what prayer is. It's just conversation with God. It's just your heart with Jesus, amen? The power is in you praying it and believing it with all of your heart. Amen. It's going to sound something like this. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. I believe you died and rose from the dead. I'll I'll lead you in it. But I want you guys to pray it with all your heart. Amen. Amen. So lift your hands to heaven. Close your eyes. I want everyone here to stretch your hands toward those that have come forward. And I want all of you to pray this prayer as well in support of those that have come forward. And I don't want you to pray, uh, you know, like this, Father, I come to you. No, 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 no. We are doing kingdom business. We are doing spiritual business. You are telling the devil, devil, I'm no longer on your team. I'm coming over to the winning team in the name of Jesus. I'm going to serve Jesus the rest of my life. And so I want you to pray this prayer with all your heart, with all your might. Come on, pray after me. Say this. Say, Father, today I come to you in the name of Jesus. Save me from my sin. Forgive me. I believe for me. And I believe you rose from the dead. Save me now. I want you for the rest of my life. I commit my life to you. I repent of my sin. And I believe you are my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and make me a child of God. And from this day forward, I promise to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Stay here. Stay here. Stay here. Stay here, buddy.
not according to Chris, but according to the Word of God. Your sins are gone. They are washed away as far as the east is from the west. God doesn't remember them anymore. He don't remember them, and you shouldn't remember them either. You are born again according to the Word of God. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is passed away. Behold, everything is made new. It is a new day for you guys. In fact, I want to tell you, you need to write this day down. January 7th, Sunday, January 7th, 2024. That is your new birthday. Hallelujah. It's a spiritual birthday. Amen. Don't worry, we're not Jehovah's Witnesses. You can still celebrate your old birthday. Amen. But it's a spiritual birthday. Don't forget it. Write it down somewhere. The devil ever tries to whisper into you, you're not saved, you're, you're just good for nothing, you're nobody. No, you turn to the devil and say, no devil, you shut your mouth in the name of Jesus on January 7th, 2024. I said yes to Jesus, and according to his word, I am saved, I'm forgiven, I'm on my way to heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now there's a couple of things that are really important, okay, listen couple of things that are very, very important. Number one, you really need to start reading the Bible, okay? The Bible will help you to grow in your spiritual walk with God. It's so important. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So the more you're in the Word of God, the more you're listening to the Word of God, the more you're listening to sermons and coming to church, and the more you get God's Word in your spirit, it's like throwing gasoline on a fire. Hallelujah. You just start to burn more and more for the things of God. And so I want to encourage you, start in the Bible. Start in the book of John. Just say that. Say John. John, it's a great book to start in. If you say, what page is it on? It's on page 2,400. No, no. Just look it up in the beginning of your Bible. There's a table of contents, okay? Find John. Start reading John. It's all about Jesus. It's a great place to just start reading the Bible, amen? And then just keep reading from there. Number two, you need to get involved in a good church that teaches the Bible. And I have really good news for you. You're in one today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're in one today. So I want to encourage you. Be here every day that they're open. Be here. Come. Come to church. Get involved. Become a greeter. Serve. Volunteer. Become part of the family here at Bethany. And grow in your walk with God. Number three, you need to get people in your life that love Jesus more than you do. And guess what? I've got good news. There's a whole bunch of people behind you that love Jesus a whole lot. And they'd love to get to know you and become friends and family to you. Amen. Amen. And so that's why it's just so important to come to church as much as possible. I would encourage you to get water baptized. You can talk to Pastor Jordan about that. If you need a Bible, come talk to me or Pastor Jordan as well. We'll help you along the way. If you don't like to read, download the, the YouVersion Bible app on your phone. They have a button. It just, it'll read the Bible for you. Praise God. Put on your earbuds. Turn on the Bible while you're working out, while you're driving down the road, whatever. Amen. Get the Word of God in your heart so important. Amen. Amen. Let me pray over you guys. Father, I thank you for this group of men and women. Father, I thank you for what you've done in their life today, that today is a new day.
Today is a new day. And Father, I pray you'd use them for your kingdom and for your glory. And Father, I thank you for this congregation. Lord, I pray in the mighty name they go. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Praise God. Let's put our hands together for the Lord one more time. You guys can head back to your seats. Hallelujah. Bless you, bro. And by the way, if you're like, man, I, I want to tell people about Jesus, but I don't know how. <gasps> I've got good news. I'm going to teach you how tonight. Amen. So come back tonight. Be here. We're going to pray for you. Lay hands on every one of you and just believe that God's going to use you in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, praise the Lord. Pastor. How many like this cat, man? It's hard to find a man like that. I read a book one time called Whatever Happened to the Gospel. That's the gospel. I just want to say a couple things here as we close out. So, you know, we, we got to fund. What they, he calls it crusades, but in Pakistan you can't call it that. You have to call it a festival. We funded a festival. It was the largest offering we've ever given. And I told him when he was here last time, I said, I could take all this money. It's almost $50,000. And I'd like to get the parking lot paid. But I want, to, I want to invest in souls. And he leaned across the table and he said, but God will bless you. Now, I got a testimony for you, man. We, we gave more money last year we've ever given, and we have more than enough to begin some of the processes. We wanted to start landscaping and parking lots and get the building. I mean, it's just amazing how God does it. You can't outgive God. So the lesson is you have to invest in things that God cares about. And you know what God cares about more than parking lots and buildings? He cares about people. He cares about souls. That's what he cares about. So Chris and I, have a heart for Indonesia, all right? I'm going to just add some vision here. And I have a, I have a graph we created. It's, this is the IC26. So that stands for Island Southeast Asia. We want to hit the nation of Indonesia. 6,000 inhabited islands with 275 million people. That is the fourth largest populated country in the world. You don't even know about it. And, you know, I have friends who've been there. they got people who live in boats. They call them the boat people. They got people who live in trees. They call them the tree people. And they're an unreached people group. And you just saw a gift in motion, a man who knows how to win souls. And I, I, that's, I just love hanging out. I love seeing that. So, I, I, you know, we, we want to do it again. Anyone on board with me doing it again? We want to. It's going to take a couple years to save up. So 26 might be the year, maybe 27. But everything in the offering we're going to take is going to souls. All right. So if you just stand up with us. Uh, as we close out here, how much is a soul worth to you? He said that you can get a person saved in Pakistan for a dollar a soul. Maybe with inflation, it's a dollar eight. But if you have a dollar, if you have five dollars, if you have ten dollars, that's ten souls. How would you like to get into heaven and meet somebody who said, I, I live across the world, you never met me, but you gave in an offering and an evangelist came and I got saved. I'm telling you, that, that will happen. You have no idea the population of the world, how big it is. We live in this small little corner of the world, and yet we can reach the nations. Man, you have to have a vision bigger than yourself. Maybe you have $100. But what we'd like to do, take an offering. You can you cut a check. You can give cash. There's envelopes in the back. You can give online. We just mark it for ICISEA26. And it's going to that, that project because we, we want to train pastors. We want to win souls. We want to reach the nations of the world. And I'm just grateful to be able to do that. So let's just take a moment and pray. Whatever the Lord puts on your heart. Father, I just thank you. Lord, for what you're doing in this world. I thank you for these precious people here that got saved. 
I pray, Lord, that that, that fruit, that, that the root would take root in their heart and grow, bring forth fruit. And I pray, Lord, in this offering, that it would exceed expectations so that we could see you move in great ways across the nations of the world. God, I pray that you give us all a burden and a global perspective for the people around us, our neighbors, that we be witnesses. I pray, Lord, that in the same way you blessed us this year financially, you would do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask or think because we care about what you care about. I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, I had fun today. I was fun. So we're coming back at 630, and we're going to teach you how to win souls. 6 or 630? I think it's 630. 630. Elizabeth, you're the pastor's wife. You should know this. 630. All right. Yeah, come early and we'll have coffee. <laughs> I love you very much, man. We will see you all tonight. Uh, don't forget praying fastings kicking off this next week. I will be praying and seeking the Lord. So love you all, man. Say hi to Chris. Say hi to Teen Challenge. Great to have you out.